turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1, and uh, I promise we'll read this scripture and pray, and then we'll let you be seated, all right, and get you some good exercise in, amen. I know Baptists like to eat good on Sunday, and so I'll give you a little extra exercise. So how many of y'all glad you say? I'm glad to be in God's house this morning, glad to be born again, and looking forward to what God's going to do in the service already. Appreciate the good spirit, good testimonies. I'm glad I'm in a church where you can shout and praise God, amen. And uh, if you're here this morning, you say, well, I don't like all that shouting, it makes me nervous. Well, you need to get unnervous, amen. And uh, if you get right with the Lord, it won't bother you one bit. And uh, we've only been doing this, or this church has only been doing this for 56 years. And so it worked in the beginning, and it'll still work now, amen. And so we're not going to change by the good grace of God. First Thessalonians chapter number 1 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus under the church of Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, ye election of God, your election of God, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and, the, and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy and, ho, and, ho, and the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believed in Macedonia and Achaia. From you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were it is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Let's bow for prayer, and then you can be seated. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you once again for the privilege to be in the house of God. Lord, I'm reminded of what David said when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And Lord, we're thankful this morning that we can assemble ourselves together and that we can worship you in spirit and in truth. You said, for the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And I pray this morning, God, that you would be pleased with our worship. I pray the Holy Ghost would take the word of God and speak to our hearts. Lord, help us to receive with meekness the engrafted word. And God, for what you do, we'll love you, we'll praise you, and we'll thank you. For we ask it in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to draw your attention to verse number three here in just a moment, where Paul is talking to the church of Thessalonica. And the subject that I want to preach on this morning is the testimony of a good church the testimony of a good church. You see, Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica here and he's writing to these Thessalonians and he is doing some things in these early verses of this chapter here I think that is worthy for you and I to take note of. First of all, in verse number one, Paul is reaching out to this church. He says to them, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of Thessalonians which is in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and 
man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul is reaching out to this church by greeting them and showing great gratitude for their faithfulness and their service to God. And I'll tell you, every person that is saved by the grace of God ought to reach out and find them a good local New Testament church to attend on a faithful basis, amen? You ought to find one place and hook up and stay there. Somebody say amen. But Paul is not only reaching out to this church, but notice in verse number two, Paul is rejoicing in this church as he says, we give thanks to God always for you all making mention of you in our prayers. So Paul is giving thanks for this church. In other words, uh, he is thankful for the people of Thessalonica. He's thankful for this church and for its testimony. And I want to say along with Paul this morning, I'm thankful I have a good church to go to. Amen. I'm thankful I've got a place to bring my wife and a place that I had to raise my children. I'm thankful that I'm not sitting in some dead mess this morning. I'm thankful I'm not in some contemporary church or some conventional church this morning, but I'm glad I'm where the presence of God is and where there's spirit and liberty to worship God. And I think everybody ought to rejoice in their church. You young people ought to thank God you've got a good church to go to. Elderly people ought to thank God we still got an old-fashioned church to attend and be a part of. And we ought to reach out to our church, but we should rejoice in our church. Amen. And then Paul is also requesting for his church. In verse number two, he said that he thanks God always for you all. Notice this, making mention of you in our prayers. Amen. You see, Paul wasn't just praising this church, but Paul was praying for this church. Now I'll tell you, friend, if you love your church, you ought to pray for your church. Amen. If you're thankful, you've got a place to come on a weekly basis and where you can feel the presence of God and hear the word of God preached, uh, then you should sacrifice the time every single day uh, to pray for your church, to pray for your pastor, to pray for the deacons, uh, to pray for the Sunday school teachers, to pray for the membership. Uh, that's not a great sacrifice to ask. Uh, we ought to pray one for another. Amen. There are things that I ask God for on a daily basis for this church. And I'm glad that I can say this morning that God hears our prayers. Amen. And Paul is requesting for this church. But then notice in verse number three here that Paul is remembering this church. As he says, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and your patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now Paul is remembering these three things concerning uh, the church of Thessalonica. And the reason he is doing this is because this is the testimony of this church. And I want to tell you, this is a good church. Now yeah, think about the church of Laodicea. They didn't have a very good testimony. I think about even the church of Ephesus, though it was a great church. The testimony was nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. But in this chapter here, Paul does nothing but remember the good things about this church. And the reason is, because this church had a good testimony. Amen. I'm thankful for the testimony of Bible Baptist Church. Now, we're not a perfect church and we're not a sinless church, but we can be blameless. Isn't that right? The Bible said in Philippians chapter two and verse number 11, the word of God says that ye may be blameless and harmless as sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in this world. And Paul said, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I've not run in vain, neither labor in vain. I wanna tell you, friend, a church can have a good testimony. You know, this morning, this may not be popular but I'd rather have a good testimony as have a big crowd. 
And I'm not complaining about the size of crowd this morning. I thank God for we got a full house this morning and I thank the Lord for that. But I don't want to I don't want to forfeit the testimony of the church, amen, just to have a number on a board. Amen. Uh, listen, I'm more concerned about our our beliefs and our principles uh, than getting a paycheck. I, I appreciate what the church does for me uh, and, and for my wife, but I want to tell you this morning that I never have preached for a paycheck, and I'm not about to start preaching for one now. I started out broke, amen, 15 years old preaching the gospel and never knew anything about ever receiving any money in the ministry and if that's the way it has to end, I'd rather be true to God and be true to his word and have a church that is standing for what's right than to give in like so many have in these last days. And so I see here this morning, Paul is remembering this church. You know, we should remember our church every day. Church shouldn't be something we just think of three times a week, but we ought to remember this place. We ought to be thankful for this place. And Paul gives the marks of a good church. And I believe Bible Baptist Church is a good church. I believe we have the same testimony as the church of Thessalonica here. You say, well, preacher, how do you know that? Because I see the marks of this church and the characteristics of this church in this passage this morning. And I believe the same would be true about our church this morning. I want you to see, first of all, that this this was an energetic church as Paul said in verse number three that he remembered without ceasing their work of faith, their labor of love and their patience of hope. Amen. Now when you think about those three things this morning, their work of faith, that's talking about salvation this morning. Salvation is a work of faith. Isn't that right? I believe in order for a person to be saved, they've got to have faith, amen. The Bible said in Romans 10, verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In Hebrews 11, and verse number one, the Bible said now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And in verse number six, he said, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to him must believe that he is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I wanna say this morning uh, that every person person in this church, my friend, you ought to have a work of faith in your heart, meaning you ought to know that you've been saved by the grace of God. That produces energy. You see, if you're not saved, you're dead in your trespasses and sin. So when you, you take a dead man, you could bring a dead man in this church this morning and you could prop him up right here and you know what, listen, you could shout, you could run, you could set the building on fire, but guess what? He's not gonna do anything, amen? He's not gonna feel anything. He's not gonna move. You're not gonna get him to move. You know why? Because he's dead. He does, he's not alive and that's the way a lot of people are. They just have nothing but a form of godliness, religion. Uh, Jesus said there would be more going to hell than what's going to heaven in Matthew chapter chapter number seven, he said broad is the way, or he said wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth unto destruction and many there be that go therein. Hey listen friend, you gotta have more than church membership. You need to know that you've been saved by the grace of God this morning. And you know when you get saved that puts energy on the inside. Because the Holy Ghost makes you alive, amen? The Bible said in Acts 4 and verse 12, neither is there salvation any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. That's what the word of God says. Hey, the Bible said in Romans chapter 10 and verse number nine, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I believe that, don't you? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the 
scripture saith that whosoever believeth on him should not be ashamed. He said for the same Lord. Uh, he said there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is rich over all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And friend, that's a promise this morning. And I'm glad the day that I knelt, thank God the blood fell. I'm glad, thank God. Amen. Uh, uh, salvation is a reality. There's that work of faith and it produces energy in the church. Amen. And then there is that labor of love. And that's talking about service this morning. In Colossians 3 and verse 23, the Bible says, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, for knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of your inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Amen. Uh, we are servants this morning of the Lord Jesus Christ, we that are saved. And I think sometimes we need to be reminded of that because we lose our energy in serving God because we forget who we're serving. Friend, we're not serving man this morning. Joshua said to the children of Israel, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as whether it be the gods of, your, of the Amorites or the gods of your forefathers which they served on the other side of the flood. But Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. I'm glad this morning that I can say that serving God is the best thing that ever happened to me. I'd rather be a servant of God any day as to be a slave to this world or a slave to the devil this morning. I'm telling you, it pays far more to live for God. And I've said it many times and I I want to say it again. My worst day living for God is still better than my best day living for the devil and I'd rather be an old time Christian as anything I know of this morning. Amen. And it produces energy. Isn't it good to serve God this morning? Isn't it good to be in a church that's serving God? I want to say this morning, he talks about the labor of love. But then notice here, he talks about the patience of hope. Amen. And that's talking about seeking his coming, having patience, waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. As he said in Matthew chapter number 28, he said, occupy until I come. And friend, we're to be busy serving God. The work of God is a big business and everybody should be involved in it this morning. Amen. You see, this was an energetic church. I want to say Bible Baptist Church, I believe, is an energetic church. I believe this morning when you come to church, you feel, you feel the power of God in the services. Well, this is a church that's working and serving and doing things uh, and we've got to keep on. Uh, listen, time is running out and it's not about a who's who. It's not about a title. It's not about a trophy. It's about pulling somebody from the burning, rescuing the perishing, caring for the dying. Amen. It's talking about winning the lost at any cost. Uh, that's what this thing is all about this morning. It's talking about being a help and a blessing. Uh, Paul said this church was an energetic church. Then secondly, notice with me in verse number four, he said this was an elect church. As he said, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. Now notice Paul's not talking to sinners this morning. The Calvinists many times want to take those words and twist them, election, predestination, foreknowledge, and use them in the wrong term. But every time you see the word election, predestination, and foreknowledge, you can note this, that the Bible is always talking to the same and not to the lost. Amen? And that's a good way to not get messed up in that doctrine. I'm telling you, friend, this morning, what Paul is saying in verse number four, he said, knowing brethren. He's talking about this church at the right beginning. Amen? It started with the brethren. Hey, a church is not made up of lost people. It's made up of saved people. Can I get a witness right there? And I'm glad to be a part of the redeemed of God and be saved by the good grace of God. 
Psalms 133 and verse 1. David said, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Do you know I like to come to church unified? Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 1, the Bible talks about endeavoring to keep the, the bonds of unity and peace, meaning doing our best to keep peace and unity amongst each other. Meaning that when we come to church, we're to set our affections on things above, not on things of this earth. We're not to look to each other, but we're to lift our eyes into the hills from which cometh our help. We're to look unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. Is that the truth this morning? I'm saying you've got to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. If we're gonna strive in unity, we've got to keep our eye and our focus on Jesus and on nobody else, amen. I like it on the Mount of Transfiguration. I often pray this at the close of my prayer, not always, but many times, because it's a good reminder when Peter, James, and John, when they saw Jesus and Moses and Elijah in all their glory, and they wanted to build those tabernacles, God spoke and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. In other words, don't focus on anybody else. And then the word of God says, and I love this phrase, and they saw no man save Jesus only. Hey, that's the way church ought to be this morning. When we come to church, I'm not talking about blinders on in the sense that we don't talk to each other, but we ought to come with one purpose and one goal in mind, and that's to see the Lord, amen? Hey, when that choir got to singing, how great thou art, I saw the Lord in that, amen? When people got to testifying, I saw the Lord in those testimonies. When Brother Sean got to shouting in the back, I saw the Lord in that, amen? That's why it's such a blessing. When a church has the right beginning and it's got the right brethren, amen? I wanna tell you that's what Paul is saying here, if they've got the right beginning and the right brethren, they're gonna have the right blessing, amen? They're the election of God, meaning, my friend, that this is a church uh, that is operating in the power and the presence of Almighty God. Now, you know as well as I do, everything with a steeple is not a church. It doesn't mean they're not saved people there, but what it means is they weren't started right. A lot of churches are family-owned and operated, if you know what I mean. Isn't that Right? I tell a lot of preachers, if you go into church and they got the pastor's pictures on the wall that a pastor of the church, if the church is 30 years old and they've had 31 pastors, then you don't have to pray a whole lot about taking that church, amen? Because if you do, you're just gonna be a, you're just gonna be there for a little season. You're not gonna be there long. But I'm telling you, some churches are like that. They're family owned and operated. They're not good. Listen, they got no vision. Some, listen, you can't just go out and start a church just because you think it's a good idea. It's gotta be the will of God. Amen. And I'll tell you, Chattanooga doesn't need another church. Somebody say amen. There's 300 churches just in Chattanooga area. I'd say we got plenty. Amen. You say, well, they're not all gospel preaching churches. No, but it's easy easy to go around the corner and start one when there's churches out west or areas out west, should I say, that don't have one gospel preaching church in the entire city, amen? I'm talking about this was a church that was established in the right way. It was an elect church. Notice something else this morning. I thank God this was an exemplary church, meaning that there was examples in this church. He said in verse number five, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. And you know what manner of men uh, we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Notice this, so that we, ye were as samples to all 
all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. You see here what happened was, was that these people of Thessalonica, they had good examples. They had Paul and they had Silas and they had Timothy and they heard their word and they believed them and they believed the Lord Jesus Christ and they became followers of the Paul and of Timothy and of Silas and of, and of most of all of the Lord Jesus Christ and they became examples of all those that was around them. You know tonight there or this morning, that's the only way to lead is by example. And I think a church, if it's gonna have a good testimony, it's got to have good examples. I believe the pastor and his wife and his children ought to be good examples. Now we're not perfect this morning and there's been many people that I've pastored down through the years that has reminded me of that. I promise you that. Uh, but uh, none of you that are sitting here this morning, I know that. Uh, but you know what? I believe a man of God has got to be an example. I'm not saying that boasting this morning, but I will tell you this. Every day of my life that I have gotten up that I've been the pastor of this church and the one that I pastored before, the Holy Ghost has never failed to remind me that people are watching you and you represent me and you represent Bible Baptist Church. There are things that I'm just never going to do. Not that I'm better than anybody else, but I think it lessens the office of a pastor. Amen this morning. And we're living in a day when everybody wants, I'm talking about preachers, they want to dress down. And you're not going to see me in a suit and tie every day. I'm not talking about that. But when you see me at church, unless something has happened to me physically or unless something, there's been some, uh, some situation that I've just had to get there at the last minute, you're not going to see me come to church in a turtleneck, amen? In fact, I don't even think men want to wear turtlenecks. I hope nobody's got one on this morning. Hey, just something all kind of funny about, uh, you know, my wife has said one time, she said, do you like turtlenecks? I said, don't ever buy me a turtleneck, amen? Now, if you wear one, that's, that's you, okay? That's right, I'm not even gonna go there. Let's just stick with the message. But I could say a whole lot right there. I feel the same way about turtlenecks as I do about flip-flops, and you can figure that out. On men, I'm talking about. But you know something? I think, uh, I do believe this, and I've failed in many areas, but me and my, my wife, I believe that we're to be an example. I believe the deacons are to be examples. And they are this morning. I believe every Sunday school teacher it's not being an example right here. It's being an example out there. Amen. One thing I'll say about my wife, I don't say much about my family in the pulpit. I just don't do that. I never have. But one thing I'll say about my wife, you never have to worry about her gossiping. Amen. She's just not going to talk. Even I have a hard time getting things out of her sometimes. I'm just kidding. But I appreciate that. I don't, I'm telling you, I've been in churches where the pastor's wife had a long tongue and she ran her mouth about everything and she, did, she hurt the ministries, what she did. And it produces that in a church. One thing I appreciate about the deacons this morning and all of their wives is that not one of them has a long tongue this morning. And I appreciate that. I appreciate all these deacons' wives that you don't ever got to worry about them going out and running people down. They're good examples, amen? And there's other people in this church that's good examples, but it starts with leadership, isn't that right? If the leadership is, is carnal, if the leadership is corrupt, then it goes through the entire church. And, and I think that if you're going to hold an office in a church, you ought to take that serious every day of your life that hey listen if you're going to be a if you're going to be an example you can't worry about what people think when you get up to preach you can't worry about who's mad at you and I promise you there's always somebody mad at you 
You can't worry about when people leave the church. You don't want that to happen and you love them. And sure, it breaks your heart, but you can't get up and bring that in the pulpit. Or a Sunday school class or a testimony. No, you know what you do? You just keep doing the same thing you're supposed to be doing. Isn't that right? Ultimately, I can't grow a church and I can't, de- well, I might could decrease one, but I can't grow one, amen? But I'm telling you this morning, every man of God needs to be an example. The Bible said in 1 Timothy chapter number six uh, that we're to be an example in word, in faith, in conversation, in purity. We're to give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. We're to study to show ourselves approved. We're to live unspotted from this world. Those are the responsibilities. We're to pay our bills. Listen, we're not to have children that are right and unruly. We're to be good godly examples in how we lead our family in our home. I don't say much about this, but maybe it'll help somebody this morning. My children grew up here. One thing I can say this morning, by the grace of God and only by the grace of God, I never talked about members in front of my children. Now there's times I had to talk to her about situations and things. It just, it just had to be, just me and her, you know? I'm not talking about running people down. I'm talking about things would happen and we would have to have a conversation. But I never said anything negative. My daughters, both of my daughters are here this morning. We never said anything negative about this church to our children. I never talked about a member. You know why that is? It's so important. I didn't do that because I'm super spiritual. I'm going to tell you why. I didn't want to lose my kids. I've watched too many people down through the years. You sit around that dinner table and you talk about people in the church, hey, you're going to walk off and forget about it, but you're putting seeds in their heart. I didn't talk to my kids like they were adults when they were children because they weren't adults. I kept them out of those things. I kept them believing this church because it's true. When you take everything and you ball it up in spite of all the problems and the people and everything, I kept my children believing one thing all their life as, as, as young people growing up that this is the greatest church on planet earth. It's the greatest place for you to be and these are the greatest people. And when you know, they get older, they see things and they figure things out and when they would say something, I'd say, hey, they're good people. They love God. And I wanted to keep that before them all the days of their life because you know why? We're not serving each other. We're serving, we are serving people, but we're serving God. Amen? And I wanted them to believe in the people of this church as well. I didn't care how much of a knife somebody put in me, Brother Charles. I didn't want my kids to hear me badmouth another member of the church. I don't know why I'm saying that this morning, but I just think it ought to be said this morning. Don't you thank God for this church? I thank God for every single one of you. There's not one ounce of bitterness. There's not one ounce of envy or one ounce of malice in my soul this morning. And it feels so good not just to be right with God but to be right with the church. Amen. I'm talking about this morning the testimony of a good church. Brother Dwayne, everything I do reflects this church. Everything you do reflects this church. You realize God could just, I won't finish this message this morning, but you realize God could take everything. Where would I be today? Could you imagine the task of having to go out these doors this morning and find another church? Some of you have been through that. I'm going to tell you something. It's It's not easy to find a good church. I was preaching for a pastor who, a few weeks ago, or what's actually been back in last year, who 
He just poured his heart out one day at the dinner table. And then most of the time, that's what happens. He was going through, and I'm talking about a man that's been there for years. Good man, great church. But he was just going through so much. And I watched this man just, I'm talking about a grown man. I watched him weep because of the sorrows he's facing as a pastor. And I thought to myself, I didn't say nothing to him, but here's a man that's been in this church 30 plus years. He's been faithful. He's lived for God. He's been a great example. If I called his name, half this congregation would know who he was. But I thought to myself, whoever these people are that's reaping havoc on him, they have no idea what they're doing to themselves. They'll wear that man down, Brother Lamar, till one day he's older. I mean, he's just he's not going to fight that battle the rest of his life. One day he's going to just say, I've had enough. And what they think is going to be so much better, they're going to find out it's hard. People don't know what they have sometimes. And friend, I ain't talking about me this morning. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. I am not talking about me. I'm talking about, I'm thinking about this church this morning. Brother, I'm telling you, we don't know, sometimes, and I'm saying myself, we don't know what we've got. We're not the only people in Chattanooga living for God. We're not the only church standing for the truth. But I'm telling you, if God planted you here, you ought to thank God for it. And I don't care if 40 people walked out the door. I'm going to come back in singing the praises the next service, preaching and shouting, amen, and staying with God in old-time religion because that's the only thing that's going to keep this thing alive. If you got children or if you got grandchildren, you need a good church. You need a place to go to. You need where the presence of God is. You need a place and people that will pray for you and pray with you and stand with you in the hard times of life. I'm telling you, there's no telling the pitfalls that we have escaped and the snares that we have missed all because we've been in a good place and God let us hear a fitly a word that was spoken at the right time that that helped us and got us through the journey. Amen. I won't finish the message this morning, but this was an evangelistic church. There's other things there. I'll say this in closing. I was thinking this morning, in the last two months, God's allowed us to give over 18000 or since 1st of December, God's allowed us to give over $18,000, close to 20000 this month to missions. Isn't that a blessing? I praise God for that. No rich people in this church, just giving people. You know where that's going to benefit you? That's going to benefit you, not just in your pocketbook, that's going to benefit you with your families and your homes. God will bless a church that will keep missions and evangelism and soul winning in the forefront. Amen. If we take that out, we don't have anything. Now, I believe all my heart God put us on a pause on some things just for a while, just to give some rest on some things. But I tell you what, I'm excited about knocking doors this year. I'm excited about getting the gospel out. I'm excited about telling more people about Jesus. Hey, I want to see family and friends saved, don't you? There's people here this morning, you're lost. I want to see you get saved, and I wish you'd get saved this morning. I wish this morning you'd come to the, to, to, the, to the end of yourself and realize that you need Jesus Christ. But evangelism is what the church is here. We're the salt of the earth, the light of the world. If we take evangelism out of our church, we don't have anything. Isn't that right this morning? I'm saying we need evangelism. And my friend, that's what the purpose of the church is to spread the gospel and to preach the gospel to a lost and a dying world. As we stand this morning, I want to do more for my church.
I'm to the place that I don't care anything else about titles, trophies, or recognition. We got way too much of it today. I'll tell you what I do care about. I just want to see another sinner walk the aisle, don't you? I want to just run the race that God has given us. I want to see more families, more homes strengthened in this church. I want to see children in this church get saved and grandchildren get saved. I'm telling you, that's the burden. That is a genuine burden in my heart this morning is to see God help every family that's in this place this morning. I don't care who you are. You're not insignificant today. You're on my prayer list. You're important. Not just to me, but to a whole lot of other people. This is a church where I believe people do pray for each other. And I'm here to say to you this morning that your church is the best thing you've got going for you. It's the best thing i got going for me. Don't take it for granted. Don't be a sideline Christian. Don't be a lazy Christian. But get involved. You say, preacher, how can I get involved? Just go get somebody. And say, let me bring you to the best church in the county. Go get somebody. Hey, let me take you to the best church I know of today where you can get help and where people love you and where people will preach the gospel to you and pray for you, where they'll help you. That's, that's getting involved. That's what we need more than anything else. Get on your knees every day. Pray for Bible Baptist Church. Pray for God's power, God's presence, God's touch. Brother David's going to lead us in this song. Others have come. If you need to come, would you mind God this morning?